Hi, it's Paul. Hi, it's Damo. And it's time for the PD Sports Podcast. With Damo and Paul. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the PD Sports Podcast. We are up to episode 21, and we have a stomper episode for you guys here today. Damo, say your hellos to everybody. Hello, everybody in the pod. It is so good to be here. We have a bumper of an episode because it has just been round one of the Premier League. And I tell you what, one of the better weekends you're ever going to see in Premier League football round one history, I reckon. It was superb. Yeah, massive week, heaps of big results. And we've also got one more special guest to dissect all of that. Resident fantasy expert for the PD Sports Podcast. <laughs> too Don, kind. Welcome too to kind, too kind, Paul. Happy to be here for a, what a, was a bumper week. Exactly. So lots of lots of big games to break down. We've sort of tried to prioritise them, I think, Damo. So I think Damo's put about four in. I've put two in. Oh, I've actually, yeah, I've put two in that I want to really talk about today and we'll get the opinions of the three of us uh, so far. So just before we get into it, I just want to thank everyone that has been sending their recommendations or just thoughts and about the first, or the last episode, I should say, which is the draft. Um, that was really well received um, by all the viewers. So I just want to thank everyone for their support on that. Uh, we'll touch base on fantasy towards the end of the episode. And I think some of it may just come through our sort of game reviews. So I also want to thank everyone that's been uh, giving reviews and uh, leaving comments through Apple Podcasts. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify at the PD Sports Podcast. So, fellas... I think there's only one place to start. Oh, yes. We've done this team for about six or the three months that we've been recording. Here we go. The podcast. Here we go. Arsenal. All right. And before we actually get into the game, I want to jump to a bit of discussion that was happening in the Discord today because I think this is actually really fitting and I think this fits in this section here. So I'm just getting it up. There was a bit of back and forth between Russo and JS today about one of the questions so i don't want to answer the question but i want this just to sort of circulate in your mind there was a bit of banter between the boys saying who's likely to go down first out of west ham or arsenal so i just want you to keep that marinating in your mind and same for the listeners Mm -hmm. because i want to touch on this when we get to the end of the episode but arsenal look like they're in absolute shambles at the moment uh yeah was i the only one who watched did you watch it live because it was on I watched it live. No, I, I watched, watched it, it live. live. Don't worry. I was up. Yeah, it was incredible. That Brent, they were bouncing. What's the stadium called? You'd know. Paul. Oh, it's a new, brand yeah, new stadium. Was, so it's no, it's no so longer. That's the first time. Yeah. It's the first time the fans have been that's there. That's their as well. first, yeah. uh, first division match experience in that stadium for seventy-two years, and that was rocking. You could just tell they were going to win. Yeah, I mean, with the pre-season that Arsenal had, I think we, Dame and I in particular, really sort of tried not to highlight it too much uh, through the pre-season, but the signs were worrying. Um, obviously, sort of 24 hours or so before the game kicked off, finding out that Lacquer and Orba were out of the team. Looks like they're going to be out not, again as well. Yeah, obviously it's not ideal, but, I mean, finishing's not the problem, like, I mean, they, they didn't score goals. I've, I heard a stat. I think they scored in Unai Emery's full season, so the year where they came fifth, they scored 77 goals. And last year, they scored 53. So there's a big drop-off there uh, between a full season of Emery and a full season of Arteta. But the football just looks dreadful. Like, there's no... 
identity. That's probably the big thing for me with Arsenal. It's just, I don't know, the, play, the squad on paper doesn't look terrible. Whether it's a management issue, whether it's a, a personnel issue, I don't know. But whatever they're doing at the moment just doesn't seem to be working. There's no direction. So I was just pleased that Ivan Tony was able to bully Ben White you know oh, 50 million pounds so centre back and Tony's just gone see you later I've played League One and then the one year championship and then I'm going to get man of the match without even scoring so I, I don't really know where to start with Arsenal like it's uh, just I'll put one thing in another long season uh, uh, yeah, a couple ahead. of the guys at soccer were saying the same thing it's you can't even banter them anymore because it's it's almost like bantering like Crystal Palace it's it's more sad now what ha- what's happened to them that's how bad the fool's yeah. been. It's becoming it's sad. It's sad. It is. It's sad to see. And I think they're just on a steady decline that they'll just keep getting worse. All right. I was having a chat today with a couple of people and it's almost reminiscent of sort of that Roy Hudson period for Liverpool where it was like... Mm, I think it's worse. Was ex- almost I think acceptable. it's worse. I think <laughs> yeah. it's worse too because... Um, of the investment like that Liverpool like the Liverpool team on paper you're talking about Jay Spearings and Stuart Downing you know like we were signing garbage and we're we're praying for something to strike and obviously Suarez was that diamond in the rough but we're talking guys you know Pepe Ben White you know like we're talking Albert Sambi Lekonga like these are you know not mugs like they're good enough players and but are they good enough to get worse because the more they stay out of even the Europa League, which who would have ever thought we're talking about Arsenal striving for Europa League? It's just going to get harder. Like, why would why would anyone go to Arsenal? Like, this is the perfect example. Buendia goes to Villa. Like, what? Why would any professional say that's a situation that I want to go to? Why would James Madison leave Leicester and go to Arsenal if, say, a West Ham come knocking? He won't. You know what He'd I mean? go somewhere else. Go anywhere else. Yeah, like, I don't <laughs> think you would really want to go to Arsenal. And it highlights how bad the problem is there as well, is that you just don't see a sign of them rescuing it. Like It's just a, no. it's just a steady, steady, steady decline. It's like playing snakes on ladders, and you keep rolling the dice, and it keeps landing on a snake. Who's their next and two fixtures? it just fixtures? going all the way down. Who's their next two fixtures? Oh, it's, it's, Chelsea, it's, it's, City. Um, Chelsea City. Chelsea, Chelsea City. Welcome back, Lukaku and Kante. And yeah, Arsenal exactly. still have Lacquer and Orba. From what I'm reading, and City and City and City lost on the opening day. They're going to be oh, up. City going to be up in the City, oh yeah, they're, they're, it's going to be a bloodbath. And they're going to have people back. KDB is going to be fit. Be oh. on zero points. City might have Kane. Zero as well. goals scored. It's a real yeah, possibility. Harry, if if Harry Kane ends up at City, it could well be that his first game for City could be against Arsenal. <sighs> yeah, just I think, I, that, I, and look, I think that leads into the international break too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think for this this Arsenal team. I don't know. When Paul says, have they got the quality? Do they? Right. The first 11 on paper is enough to not finish 10th. Uh, see, yeah. I, w- I used to say that about Arsenal. I actually and that's didn't... sad. The, the fact that I'm saying that, that I'm, I'm comparing their first 11 to finishing in the top half yeah. is already the problem. Yeah. But when like if you look at their team back to front, so I, I don't rate Leno. I don't either. I think they made a major mistake. They sold the wrong goalkeeper. Yes, they you did. You can see why they went after Ramsdale and Onana because they've realised, shit, we made a mistake. But anyway, right back for me is a big problem. They don't have Arsenal. one. That's one. They don't have one. Callum Chambers started there. Hector Bell. <laughs> Not good enough. 
That's what the one position on that team I go not good enough because the rest of it, I'd say Ben White, Gabrielle, good enough yeah. for Premier yeah. League side. I'm not saying for championship, uh, sorry for Champions League quality, Dane. I'm just saying the top no good job. back top four. Seven, the back four right? got found out big time and against Brentford. That high line, and then Kieran Tierney at left back. We'll talk about good that. Enough. I think he's good. When Jessica, he's fit, when he's fit though, he's never fit. Who? Tierney? Yeah, he's never fit. He always gets injured. He's a walking injury. They exactly. need another left back. They don't have it. Part of the, oh, they signed uh, Tavares. I agree. Tavares, young Portuguese guy, unproven though. That's an issue. So left back, when we're talking best 11, I'd say left back sorted, but you are 100% correct, Damien, saying that he doesn't play enough. And I agree. That's part of the problem. So then you're talking about their two fullbacks, inconsistent. That's why they concede a lot of goals. But midfield, I'd say not fantastic, but serviceable. Lucas Torreira would have been perfect for that midfield to sit alongside Sambi Laconga and Jacker, but end of the day, it's enough. Thomas Party goes in there as well. Always injured, Jacka. Not yeah, another one. Again, always injured. It's the only, these are the only players Arsenal can get are at a bargain price for injuries or they're overpaid. Anyway, front four. I don't know how they set it up, but a combination of Pepe, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Martinelli, Smith Rowe, Baiku Saka, probably any combination of those six can find goals if they get Odegaard in yes or no so I mean biggest problem quality there biggest problem of that starting the, 11 yeah. biggest problem at starting 11 is the manager yeah because well, he can't he can't get nothing to work and I was talking to a few people at soccer on Saturday about it that asked me they listened to the pod so Anton listen to the pod when you listen back to this look forward to hearing your comments Jack another one I shout you out as well mate um, what we were saying is that he's a manager that tries to think and act too much like Pep and he's come in there and not implemented his own philosophy. And I always liken it to... He hasn't got one. Yeah, well, I liken it to myself. Yeah, I liken it to like myself. If I went and coached like another coach, I'm not going to be able to coach because I don't know what to fall back on, what to adapt, what to change. He has to take what he thinks is his best way of football and what works for his squad and twist it into what Arteta think Arteta's ball looks like. He's not good enough to do that. He's not good enough to change it. And now it's gone that far down the train as a manager... You would, he'd be pulling his hairs out in the middle of the night, not having no sleep, no nothing, thinking how he's going to work it. For a manager, that's not good enough. He needs, yeah, he, he's just trying too hard. What he needs to do is literally sit there for two weeks, let someone else take that team, and he needs to sit there and just watch and just go, that's what I've got to work with. This is what I need to fix. It ain't going to happen. They're yeah. going to pay the price for it. And we aren't going to answer that question that you mentioned, Paul, now we'll do it at the end. After. Right? Yeah. But the longer that this kind of stews the worse it's going to become. And at this point, yeah. when the snakes and ladders, they're going to land on one snake and it's going to go a long way down. Yeah, i got one big problem, but it's sort of, it's come from multiple little problems with where Arsenal's at. And you've hit the nail on the head that Arteta hasn't been good enough, but I'd argue that it's not that he's not good enough. I'd argue that he's inexperienced. I think it's way, way too early in the job, way yeah, too early in his career. He hasn't, he hasn't got that the experience to fall back on and say I know how to get out of this situation because he's just never he's never managed so that that number for me that's a big red flag that's you can't blame Arteta for not being experienced no you can't I blame the people above that put him in charge gutless decision and put him in charge made a gutless decision to let Emery go because it wasn't doom and gloom with Emery it wasn't they were building they were building something they were one game out of the Champions League when they bottled it to Crystal Palace when they were focusing on the Europa League and Dom I'm sure you remember that fondly he rotated the full 11 
the week before that Europa League final and lost at home to Palace. And that's where the wheels fell off. And they panicked at the end of that season and said, we'll give you a little bit of time. And it didn't work. And I think the players smelt blood. And they went I for it. I think a few of the players lost respect for him. And then they went for it. And since then, it's been it's it's, it's hilarious to see the, the trend. And we, we spoke about it last year, obviously, with the Villarreal-Arsenal game. Uh, but it's just a gut I just found it a gutless decision from that board to not find someone more experienced that might have challenged the perspective of the board just, rather than get a yes man that's never managed and who's thankful for that opportunity to be at a big club well for me it's sort of like you need that experience in order to rebuild like you need a manager yeah, that's been there that is going to have this is the way I want to play football I don't care what you say to me yeah. board I don't care what you want this is you're in char- employing me. Let me build you something that's going to win you something. Let me build something that's going to. This is what I bring. Yeah, exactly. Arteta isn't that. That's not Arteta's fault per se. And we're, we're getting nah. we're getting very vocal, by the way. And we're not Arsenal supporters at all. It's just so sad that we have to voice it. That they needed to go out there and get a better manager. And this is where it. Yet again, imagine Arsenal being talked like this. This is where we've got Palace, and I know they got absolutely pumped by Chelsea. We'll talk about that a little bit later. That's where I still back Palace to stay up because Vieira is now gone on a managerial journey that has been through multiple leagues. And he's built his own philosophy, and Palace have put him and in he charge. Struggled. Yeah, and he struggled before and knows how to overcome it. And for Palace, they put him in charge to build something. They've taken a risk. Where Arsenal, yeah. one of the greatest football clubs in English history, have refused to take a risk for a long time. They've been getting in the wrong people, the wrong personnel, the wrong quality of players into the team. They've refused to invest rightly, and now they're paying the price. And I'm telling you, the price is quite severe at the minute, and it's yeah, only going to get worse. Now, I would love to keep harping on an Arsenal, but can we talk about the game? Because I think Brentford deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, man. And boy, I don't think what a player, man. They're not giving enough credit because Arsenal was so bad. Oh, but look, the game, the gameplay was awesome. From the actual idea of what Brentford went to do, it was like Ivan Tony was the decoy. He was literally just there to occupy the two centre backs and bully him. He Brent's was, face. he wasn't there. Yeah, that's it. Or he wasn't there to be the man that's going to put the ball in the back of the net and link up or whatever. He was the man to bounce off, and that was it. And just take the focus of the back two and allow Bemo to bomb on behind him. Um, Sergi Canos the bomb on behind him like you got to remember Ivan Tony comes near stick he moves away he drags White away and then Canos beats his man and now the space has been opened up and he hits it 1-0 thank you very much yeah it, it was superb what I liked the most Dame the, mo- the thing that I really really appreciated from Thomas Frank was let's go away from our philosophy today because I watched a lot of Brentford last year and in a competition where they were the stronger side they, they loved the ball at their feet. And they didn't use Tony the way they used him on Saturday morning. Yep. But they yep. thought, all right, Arsenal, let's give them the ball. They're not going to be dangerous. And we're going to play more direct. And then the, we saw the long throw come in for the second goal. I love that. But the way they... The, the, this is what we're talking about experience, aren't we? This is the key thing here. Thomas Frank went, we will not beat them going punch for punch. So let's adapt to the conditions of this game and... It worked to an absolute T. Uh, they had Arsenal exactly where they wanted them. They forced Arsenal to have to try and commit numbers forward, and bang, they had the pace. They were, they've got a striker that's good enough to bring others into the game. They played to their strengths in that department, and they got the result. And that's where I say Thomas Frank, well done, big tick, because he's gone and used his head and changed things in a positive way and seen what the deficiencies of Arsenal were. So I've got to say... 
huge prompts to Thomas Frank for that performance. And what he did is he allowed Arsenal to have balls. In I don't air- know if you guys felt the same way. Well, what he did for me is he allowed Arsenal to have a balls in air in the areas that weren't going to hurt him. Like they were allowed to keep it along yeah. the back. They were allowed to keep it in wider areas that wasn't too penetrating. And Arsenal then became frustrated and started lumping balls into Martinelli, not in the air but towards his feet. Um, and it was happening so slow because they couldn't break Brentford down that they had no one around him, Martin. Martin would get the ball and it'd be 20 metres of space before the next player's around him. And that's just the credit of where Brentford are allowing Arsenal to have the ball. With the ball moved forward, the lines were so compact that no Arsenal player could get between the line to hurt him, really, if at all. Well, and what I loved is that it, it drew Arsenal out as well because then, okay, we, we got all this time on the ball, let's move out. And Dom, you mentioned it, I'm going to let you take the floor with it. How slow is the Arsenal back for? And it's just all they did oh. was invite, open the space and bang. I don't know why. Oh. I don't know why they were trying to play a high line with Chambers, White, and Murray who can't move. And Wemba was laughing at him. Oh, what? And that's was the and when they've loaned out Saliba as what's, well. What's, I can't understand that. What's, what's Werner going to do to him? What a joke! Next week, oh, if they want to play that high line again. And Pulisic, like, going to run for Reece James. Mount Mason, Mount coming from deep as well. Literally any team with a bit of pace. I, I don't, I don't get it. There you go, City, City, Sterling, yeah. Mahrez, uh, uh let's see, Grealish. Grealish running from deep. Oh. Mate, imagine when they play us. If, that, if they play that back four against us, Salah, Mane, Jota. Then you got the full-backs bombing. Oh, my God. Anyone, really, anyone. Imagine yeah. when Palace play him and Zaha gets going. Literally at anyone, any, most teams in this league. Any team. Yeah. And that's the problem. The last They're... thing I want to mention yeah, go, go, do it. about Arsenal is who, who takes the job. No one. No one wants to If Arteta is to go, who can they attract, number one? Who's got the experience to steady his shit? Look, I think as a manager... There's a lot there. I understand players not wanting to go to Arsenal because there's no direction. But I think it's easier for a, a more yeah. high-profile manager it to is, go into that it's, role it's a- because they can drive the change. But... The issue is, I don't think the board wants someone that's going to walk in there and demand things. Yeah. And that's what's been shown. And as soon as Emery started piping up in the media about issues that the board were not really dealing with... Sealed his fate. Gone. Yeah, they didn't like exactly. it. Exactly. So the board aren't interested in results. They're interested in turning a profit. As long as they're in the Premier League, they're turning a profit. Obviously, it's not the same profit that they'd be turning if they're in the Champions League. But what does it take to get into the Champions League? Success. It takes investment. So... Well, it takes yeah. investment to get there. Yes. So, and Two, they're not prepared to, to put their hand in their own pocket. So, this is what yeah. you get. Yeah, it's it's correct. I agree with you. Uh, Villa have shown what good ownership can do. Oh, That's yeah. just, I'll keep comparing them to Villa because Villa, for the amount of shit I've given them in the past about being a yo-yo club, the owners have gone and said, no, we're committed to staying in the Premier League. And yes, they the first year up, they stayed in by the skin of their teeth. But they stayed there. But since then, they stayed there and then they invested well. And now look at it. for Europe. Yeah. They've got they the produce, squad. They've got a talent, good squad. Sell it on. Because everyone is replaceable. No matter who you are, you're replaceable. Grealish replaceable. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And that will come with time. I got, Speaking about... I got, I've got two questions on this game before I move on. First things first. How good is it to have a long throw back in the Premier League? It's you like really that, the yeah. lap days of Stoke. It's so good. Yeah. Now, it's not talked about enough. Nothing is better than watching a guy pick up the ball... And going, oh, here we go. It's going to be a 40, 50 metre long throw. I cannot wait to watch that for the rest of the season. It is unreal. That was shaped. Second question. Was it Pinnock? Uh, well, both uh, Pinnock, bo- both of their fullbacks can throw it quite long. It wasn't Pinnock. Right. Someone else came across and threw it. Uh, might have been Darmsgaard. 
I'm not going to go. I can't remember now. Yeah. Um, second question is, where do you honestly think Brentford are going to finish this season? 10th. Lower mid Yeah, 10th. Yeah, that sort of 10 to 13 bracket. Yeah, I mean. I'll give him 13th. Okay, like I don't know about tenth. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of good teams when you start taking about tenth, right? Yeah. And you've got a lot of teams that aren't particularly great that are going to struggle, like Arsenal. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they will do better against the bigger teams than Leeds did last year. There's another year. question: Did Brentford finish higher than Arsenal in the table? Yeah. That, that's a good question. Ooh. That's a good question. But. I'm going to say probably, probably not. no, but, but it's close. Yeah, and that's, that's, how that's, that's, and that's how bad Arsenal are. All right, what game you want to move to yeah. next, boys? Uh, you can do... Yeah, it's up to you. We can transition to Villa because I've spoken so much yeah, about Yeah, go to Villa because Villa is so relatable to Arsenal in terms of what they're doing and how opposite yeah. they are to it. And I think initially it was just a shock, wasn't it? Like, I think everyone sort of thought Villa would, would come in and, and dominate, but a couple of the goals were... Um, Pretty unlucky, I'd say. Oh, like Sars goal. Bad bounces. Sars goal was very. Sars goal was nice, um, but there's obviously the deflection of Tyrone Mings as well. Yeah, and that is I just... think there was just a few moments where it was just unlucky. But look, they showed heart, and that's the difference. Like they got it back to three two. Obviously, really late penalty, well taken from Danny Ings. Thank Would have you, helped a lot of fantasy points. owners. Yep. Right here. Exactly. Yep, that annoyed me a bit, but I mean. It's one of those ones where I think Villa maybe have bought into the hype a little bit, potentially. Maybe losing to Watford away opening day is not a bad thing. Like, obviously, it's not ideal, but yet ag- maybe it's a bit of a wake-up call. Yet again, you've got to give credit to Watford, though. They played unreal. Like, they really did. They played with their strengths. They know Sars, their, ma- their major attacking outlet. And if you haven't got him on fantasy, really have a look at him for six mil. Because he... They always play good football, though. Yeah, they always play a decent way. And obviously, the second reason why you've got to not be too surprised at Watford is you see a lot of what they do on the training ground for the cycling GK, which is Ben Foster's YouTube channel. And great a lot YouTube of what channel, you see... That's a great YouTube channel. It's huge, right? Um, but a lot of what you see there in his vlogs, his training vlogs and matchday vlogs, is they set up and their training sessions are really, really what I think is high level, right? And what's what you expect at that level. But... A team like that, to me, is a team that's prepared to stay up in the prep. And you've got to give them credit. They've come out, they've set up a certain way, they've been rigid in an area, you know, at the back, but they've gone to look for their attacking outlets. They know what their strengths are, they're going to play to that strength, right? And for yeah. me, they've done exactly what they needed to do. Yeah, they, you've got to have that slice of luck if you're going to stay up in the prep. It's match day one, I'm not going to say they're going to stay up right now, right? But um, with that slice of luck, they're going to be a very hard team to beat. They've got decent pace at the back. They've got big boys at centre back. They're, they're, they're very well equipped. And we always say that about Watford, that they always never play like the worst brand of football either. When you think of Watford, you always know they've got to go look for wingers and be pretty nippy and they're run people. And it's fun to watch. I think they're just gonna. I think they're just gonna struggle. It's just that um, they lack quality through the through the midfield yeah. because up front they look okay. Like they don't look fantastic. That Dennis look good. But yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, and then they've got Jao Pedro um, to come in Troy as well, Dini. who's meant to be unreal. Troy Dini been... sort of see minutes throughout yeah, the season just correct. to help carry that workload. So I think up front, and then obviously with this male Sars, so I think there's enough quality up front. I think their defence isn't the worst. It's how much can they get from Will Hughes. I think he's going to be a lacks quality around him, though, in the middle of that park. And that's their, probably yeah, their biggest issue. probably not your... Uh... And look, at the, same, <laughs> at the same stage, you've got to say to Favilla that it was good to see him fight back because that game really they could have gone, oh, geez, you know, 
pretty yeah, down and out. It's time. thrown away. You've been unlucky, and they just see it out. And they just they kept going. And look, credit and credit was due. They deserve the penalty in the 96th minute. Well done, Danny Ings, for getting your first goal. We love seeing Danny Ings score, especially Ding. with fantasy. Yeah. And there look. you are. Look, obviously that was the game that yeah. cost me a multi for those that were following it on Twitch. But uh, yeah, look, it it wasn't surprising to see Villa lose that game. To be fair, on paper, yeah. Look, still got. I think I still got no, some no, high. I still that. got some high hopes for Villa. Still like. I do too, and I, was, I still think they played a decent brand of football. It wasn't like they were dominated by Watford. No, it's unlu- unlucky. Yeah, and I just think it's speed bump in the road. Yeah, right? I think so too, and that's where it's the difference between Arsenal and, and Villa, right? There is that we looked at Arsenal's performance, and that was woeful, like woeful, and they looked like they were rolling over and just gave up. Where you look at Villa's performance, and you go, "Yeah, they got done, and yeah, they're a little unlucky, but they played a good brand of football for the full 90. And on yeah. a different day, a couple of things go right for you, or you know the deflection off Mings goes wide or high and doesn't go in off Sar and whatever. You know Villa don't lose that game either. So yeah, what were you going to say? Uh, no, nothing. Oh, I thought you were going to chime uh, in. No. So look, I think long term Villa will be fine. I think it'll be interesting to see how they go, but I think we can't stall it any longer. We got to talk about it. Sam's highlight of Saturday, bar us winning football was watching the link-up play with uh, Pogba and Bruno. And, I mean, Leeds... It was a joy to watch. Look, when I saw the lineup, I figured out very quickly that it was 4-2-3-1, Pogba drifting in off the left-hand side. If they play that way this year, they are going to tear apart a lot of those mid-table teams because what it allowed, and I don't think people will understand this without looking at it again... And Shaw wasn't great in that game. No, he wasn't. He had a pretty really shocker. He looked like a guy that was a bit tired. Yeah, and that's understandable. But the amount of space he had because of the way Pogba sits narrow, Luke Shaw is going to pick assists up for fun this year. Oh, he will. Because he had 10 metres of space every time they went forward. Mid-table sides won't handle but, it. Yeah, but. exactly. And I think and Leeds had to, I mean, when you've got Pogba playing like that, man, he, he was playing first time balls over the top and hitting a dime. Like, it's not going to happen every week, but, man, Bruno's quality finishing ability as well. Bit lucky for the first if, one, but apart from that, yeah. Through the legs, but yeah. Dom, what I you think, say? yes, they'll pick apart big teams, but against the bigger teams, I don't know how that'll work. Yeah, but that, that means they'll just adjust yeah. the way they play. Which well, I think the thing is, is, is I think though, that... Because it shows different ways that they can actually adapt and they can use Pogba in a variety of roles. They could easily go 4-3-3 and then let Pogba float like he did at Juve and play those left channels a similar way, but have that midfield a bit more compact. So, I mean, the, having um, Greenwood... Was it Greenwood? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he looks quality. That's why I picked him up you in fantasy. Know, like, so, boy, I had him in fantasy yeah. too. Yeah, and I mean, it just shows the, the variability that they've got. So, I mean, Sancho coming off the bench for a little bit was nice to see. Didn't really have to contribute much because the game was dead and buried. But Daniel, only I think up. they've got different ways of playing. They're going to have Cavani coming back very soon. Greenwood could easily slide out to a wing. Leave Pogba My, inside. I, I really think Pogba needs to stay on that with that left wing. I, I think he just gets more involved in the link. I would have changed the area that has the most depth too. Martial, yeah, Dan, Dan James. Yeah. Martial looked dreadful. He's, he's dreadful. Yeah, very overhyped. Very I think he's going to be up. Very surprised he leave. It's not over. It's not that he's overhyped. He's had periods where he's been good. I'm surprised he hasn't left. The expectation. Yeah, I mean, he's probably on good money. That probably helps. <laughs> In the middle of a pandemic, but 
you know, I think he's going to struggle, especially. And he came on up front too, so that and that shows where he's in the pecking order. I think Rashford and Cavani are ahead of him, and then Greenwood's ahead of him. So realistically, he's the fourth choice striker if I, um, at United. If so. I was Ollie, I wouldn't be looking at changing that side too much. I know you guys say against the bigger teams, but I feel like it asks so many questions of a defence that that's kind of the way I would hope that. Look, not maybe hope because I'm a Liverpool supporter, but that's the kind of way that if I was a United fan looking at that, that's kind of how you want Ollie to set up for every game or especially against a bigger side. Because just think of it, if Pogba keeps coming inside into those very, very central channels, as a fullback, do you follow? Do you stay? If you stay, Pogba's going to pick it up, and he's so good with the ball, you saw it. And if, he fo- and if you follow, you're going to have... Um, you, you sure he's got a bomb on, and you're going to be space anyway. And then say if they're playing us in Liverpool, do you really think Salah as the right wing is going to track all that way? Nope. Yeah, no way. Exactly. That's why I and think that, it's dangerous. That's why I think United have a very, very good channel out there. And then you have a more traditional wing on the right-hand side with Sancho, and you're set. You really are. You've got good well, balance James, of the team. James played that role well. James played See, that role I, really I, well. I, he did stay wide. I disagree yeah. with you totally there. I thought. I don't think he was fantastic. I think I'm the he was the played. worst player on the pitch for United. really showed that they definitely need a right winger and how good business Sancho was. So well, many. I'm talking more about the role rather than the performance, and he he was able to cre- leave that space for Greenwood and for Pogba. To, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. But that left the back. player, the, to say the player himself isn't great. Oh, I don't actually rate him as a player because how many times <laughs> there was one moment where he picks the ball up, he gets in the box, and his first touch was that dreadful that he had to take a second touch, took yeah. him wider from goal, and in the end he hit it wide. Oh, side yeah, if he doesn't pick, he probably wouldn't be playing for Man United. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that yeah. too. But like Sancho right then, his first touch would have been perfect and his second touch would have been a shot, cross, keep, bang, there's your goal, right? I mean, I think in and a perfect world, you look at Rashford up front and then Greenwood off the right because Greenwood gives you the ability to actually cut inside and use his left as well. Yeah, he's that. so good. He needs to be used a lot this season and I think Cavani is yeah. going to get his minutes not managed per se like Troy Deeney's minutes, but you'll see Cavani not start as many games, I don't think, because they've got the squad. And I don't need him to start. And, you probably know that role too. And for me, if United can play that way and not get found out and not lose their heads, which sometimes they have done in the previous couple of seasons, I would love to know where you think United should be aiming at Title. this season. For me, it should be aiming to win Title. the league. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think they're just missing that midfield again. I think that's the key. I don't think McTominay and Fred are good yeah, enough over 38 games. He's a good player to have in the squad, but he's not the guy that you want to look towards. And uh, that's where you, they'll probably think that, oh, you can throw Pogba in the middle, but you don't get that work rate with, with McTominay. I mean, like, sorry, that McTominay Donny? has. Oh, I think he's Don, done. Donny? See, Donny doesn't get talked about what enough. What the hell has happened to him? I think he's done. I think but he's done what there. What the hell has happened to him? But I've not seen... I don't think I've watched him play. Yeah, it's, it's a bit weird because oh, on paper he's... Paper is alright, so... Go back to Ajax. Yeah, let him go. Go play. Go on loan. Go on loan. Like, go play football. What's he doing? Like, he, we saw in that Champions League run how vital he was to Ajax's team... And he's gone missing for two years. Like, it's just... Yeah, it's a bit... Like, that is just one signing. That no, like Normally, teams like United will sign someone, realise, okay, they're not what we want, gone. But why are they holding him? Like, I don't I don't get it. It just makes no sense. But he's still got quality. Like, he's young. He could easily do a role. But who knows? Who knows what happens inside of the club? doors, yeah. Yeah, who knows? He might have just got his big move, put his feet up and gone, meh, I'm happy. I'm happy to not play. And that could be that mentality. Maybe Ajax, he, he cared so much for that club that that's what drove him on. He got his big money move. He's in England. Who knows? Maybe just to play devil's advocate to that role, it might be the fact that Ollie's looked at him and said, I don't think you're good enough. And he's turned around and said, I don't want to move anywhere because I want to prove you wrong. And Ollie's not giving him the opportunity. 
potentially that could be the case too. Yeah, but, but I hear you. I, it is the very fact odd. That they're not linked to midfielders as well. Kind of goes like, yeah, I think you're short there. But maybe they're planning to use him this year. Who knows? Maybe, maybe they're planning Pogba I, to go into there eventually as well, which I personally yeah, think I don't, I don't like. Waste him. It does. They'll waste him. Yeah, I just think they've tried it. They've tried him there in a two, and I just don't think he influences the game as much as he should. Yeah. I don't think he gets four assists every week either. No, I don't either. But he looks dangerous in that channel because he can drift and find his own space and sort of sit in those half spaces between fullbacks and centre-backs and just... Like, for me, the, the ideal role for Pogba is the first goal. Yeah. Drifts inside, first-time ball, round the corner, picks it, and the movement from Greenwood, no one's talked about. Oh, it's He unreal. gives Bruno that space. He's, he's, that space he's is a creative. very smart footballer. If very, it wasn't for A, yeah. he got done in that... England scandal at the start of last season where yeah, they had man. girls in the chat in the hotel room really late. And then that cost him yeah. probably starting for United at the start of last season, which hurt him. And then he kind of drifted back into the United team come end of the season. And even then, his chance creation and goal expectancy was super-duper high by memory, looking at the stats before I picked my fantasy team. Um, and it just shows you when he plays, he, he has so many dimensions to him. He's not just one way. With him, it's not yeah. like he's just going to run channel and there you go. You know, he can get the ball at feet, he can turn to play, he can run at people, he can drift wide and pick the ball up. For me, yeah, I actually think as well. that's where I always say that Greenwood has the ceiling like a Saka does because you see it in him. Yeah, and that's I agree. yeah. And there we are. Look, speaking of players of high ceilings, his name is Trevor. Ooh. He scored a great goal. Dom, run us through the Chelsea Palace game, buddy. Uh, before we go, Paul watched it too. Before we leave, we haven't spoken about Leeds yet. Oh, oh yeah, um, we could. We should. I, I was really disappointed in Leeds. Um, they got done like that against United last year. Their lesson. Didn't they shit five or six? Yeah, did not learn their lesson. And look, their goal, uh, Aileen, yep, good on you. Great goal. Won the goal. Didn't look like threatening. I think Rafinha had a few moments. And you saw um, glimpses that Rafinha, what he can do with the ball. And they had a header that went just wide first. Uh, first half that I think Dallas headed wide from a free kick. Um, it's incredible. It wasn't that free flowing. Yeah, and it, when they did get free flowing, Rafinha missed a big chance, 82nd minute as well, that he should score first time left foot, where he should just hit the target and score every day and he put it wide. Yeah. Some at least day of like, oh so nearly, but not just there. It lacked just polish from Leeds going forward. Like, they missed Phillips. Yeah. I, they missed Calvin Phillips in the middle, I think. That was they missed a few. They really missed a bit. I, I think if you're a Leeds fan, I wouldn't panic just yet because I think you saw enough from Rafinha alone to know there's going to be creativity in that team. Bamford, you know what you're going to get. He's going to have days where he's going to wreck opposition. He's going to have days where he just yeah. doesn't do anything. And unfortunately, well, he relies on service. Yeah. Bamford relies on service. That, he can't, he, he's not that striker that's going to go and create himself. And that's where he I think players around him. they missed Calvin Phillips. I think Phillips. Rodrigo... I think Rodrigo's dreadful. Yeah. I think it, it, I've watched him a few times. He is shocking. I think it missed Calvin Phillips to allow Rafinha to be a little bit more creative, A, and B, what it did also didn't help us. I didn't think Jack Harrison on the other side played particularly well to create more for Bamford either. Him. Um, I feel like that leads that lead side for me is a side that's going to beat the lesser teams if it struggle against the better teams. Yeah, they'll stay up. They'll get 40. They'll stay 40 up. But there's, there's, yeah, Bessler there is a good manager, right? But, I think um, the the factor of their like Bielsa style play yeah. that's going to rub off, that's going to wear off this year. Teams have seen how they've played over thirty eight games now, and I think teams are going to adapt. And it, just, it wouldn't surprise me if we see Leeds finish around that fifth, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen area and get and stay up. They just need to get some quality. They're going to be tenth again. They just need to get some yeah, quality and at the back specifically. Anyway, let's move it on. 
Come on, Let's go. come on, Dom. Dom this, 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 is, this is your moment, mate. Uh, Paul, you watched it all, so you can chime in if you want. I did watch it. I watched all. it all too. Um, Great game. I've got a few. I've got a few notes here um, on the run sheet, so I'll just go through my little dot points, and then I'll let you guys sort of elaborate yeah. further. But for me, a couple big keys were Mason Mount um, ran the show. Um, he just looked great. He wanted the ball. He was switching left and right and coming through the middle and taking all the set pieces other than the free kick that Alonso scored. Um, I thought Alonso looked really good, but that might be a bit of Palace yeah. struggling a bit. But he did. He sort of had those those reminiscing memories of that first year with Conte and Alonso just bombing down that left-hand side. I thought he was great. And obviously with Aspi on the right, they sort of forced the play that way yeah. a little bit. Uh, Timo... Looked okay um, with his just general play. Uh, looked like they had a bit more confidence. He was doing little Ronaldo chops and little things on the turn. And I just sort of thought, okay, it's looking okay here, but still just couldn't find that goal that he just needed to get off the mark. Pulisic, I really rate him. Yeah, I think um, he's a great player. And I think he's gotten better and better from sort of the second half of last year. I think he's gone pretty quietly about his business since sort of March or so. Um, but... Popped up with another goal, looked really, really good. But I was really disappointed in Palace because it took him to go 2-0 down to start playing, really getting the into game the game. That's done. sort of how I saw it. Yeah. I, think so, that's just been, I don't know how you guys saw it, but that's how I sort of saw the game. The area kind of set up very, very deep and allowed Chelsea to have the ball. And it was more of a performance of, let's just really sit there, be battered, and hopefully we get out of this 0-0. We'll have one moment on the break or whatever. And then once they conceded the first one, I expected them to come play, and never did. Um, after yeah. that I didn't think either I think that game was there for them to really just showcase what they've been trying to learn under Vieira because Vieira ain't going to come here and just play defensive football the whole time either um, it's a very tough fixture first up for a new manager as well yeah. um, and that's where I think Vieira has the understanding and a bit more experience than some other managers Arteta um, that he knows that he knows what's going to work for him what won't and knows what he has to build um, so I wouldn't be worrying if you're a Palace supporter, just that if you're another team in the Premier League that wants to win the title this season, you'd probably be a bit worried by how you know, how comfortable and confident Chelsea were on the ball, how they moved Palace around, and just how scarily good they looked. Yeah. Yeah, what, how'd you go, Dom? How'd you think about it? Yeah, I think very professional performance. With, and you look at who he rested, both are for uh, James Chilwell, Thiago Silva, Kante, Havertz. And then and Lukaku come in for Arsenal. So I think if you're Arsenal, you're scared. You are very yeah. scared. Who stood out for you? Uh, for me, that stood out. I think Kovacic for me. He looked amazing. Really, really like Kovacic. Moving it side to side. I think he flies under the radar for us too. And I think, I think Paul, you and I were saying it. Werner, Lukaku would be the best thing to happen to Werner because he can play how he played at Leipzig off the left. Yeah, 100%, 100% with agree with that. We're, like Paulson. We're yeah. talking about we're talking about that on stream. Yeah. Because um, we watched the game. How do you fit the guy? How do you fit everyone I think in? It's just a case question. of rotation. Like me, I think Pulisic is too good to drop at the moment. Yeah. I think he, he's just shown he can. I mean, he can play the right, but it's not an issue. But like, where does how does Mount fit into that setup? Does he drop a line deeper and play as an eight? Uh, nah, um, you don't change. I think you leave him there. I think it's just a good problem to have. Yeah, I think Timo probably needs to make... I think it actually might be beneficial for Timo to come off the bench. Yeah, impact um, player, that use that pace. His movement is super-duper good for Werner. It's just... His, his end product is yeah. just not there. And I also think that's a man lacking confidence. Yeah, definitely. I honestly believe if he gets two or three goals in a row, 
he'll, he'll fly. Yeah, I think just the Lukaku factor will just. We'll take the shot. Take that pressure yeah, off. Yeah, take spotlight off him. Because, yeah, he's, he's not the one that's Yeah, and I think. And then you got have. I mean, the Chelsea team's absolutely stacked at this point. Like, it's it's good for Such the league, to be honest. Like, there's four really, really strong teams. Standout strong. I don't go into this season yep. quality, uh, quality as confident as I did last season because we haven't strengthened as much as we being Liverpool. Um, so maybe it's a probably a good chance to slide into that game against Norwich now. Yeah. But I think we're relying on having one of those runs, Damo, where we don't lose anybody. If our starting 11 stays consistently fit throughout the season, then there's no reason why we couldn't win the league. But once our depth starts getting tested, I think we're going to struggle more than other top four sides. I agree with that statement, but I also... How do you feel about I, our depth, Dame? I agree with that statement, and I disagree with the statement. I agree with what you're saying, that we probably need a slight touch of depth, but I also disagree with the fact that did we really need to strengthen? I see a lot of people saying, oh, no, we haven't spent money on anybody. What is Klopp doing? Mate, Klopp knows. One of the best I think you always need to strengthen, best. though. I don't think you yeah, always do. You can't stagnate. See, I don't think you always do. do. That showed last I year. I feel last... It showed last year we needed players. See, a couple players. I'm going to figure it in a different... Not to start, to be in the squad. I think of it in a different light. Last year, the amount of injuries we copped in specifically one position, which was at the back, right, was astronomical. It was as bad as cities a couple of years before, right? For me, having all those people come back fully fit, a fully fit squad coming back into it, are we going to cop 10, 12 injuries again? Are we? Probably well, not. Not at centre-back, so, but my other question was we lacked the, depth in midfield as well. So number one, we didn't have the coverage at centre-back and no club would. No club could deal with their first four starting centre-backs all out, granted. But we also didn't have the depth in the midfield areas, and that's where I'm still concerned. That's the only area of the pitch where I go, if we lose, like we, our starting three midfielders Unreal. are quality. So when you're looking at Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago as a starting three, like, and two of them didn't Curtis start on Jones, the weekend. Two of them didn't start on the weekend. Yeah, with Curtis Jones in there. Yeah, and then Milner. you're playing a gambling. Uh, I mean, you can't. I can't keep putting Milner in. Milner is like a cherry on top of the cake. I can't rely on him anymore because he's Naby Keita was unreal against Norwich as well. Can't rely on Naby. It's the same thing we're talking about. Us. If we're going to talk about Arsenal and say the squad's unreliable with Tierney and Thomas Party, then I have to say the same thing about Naby Keita because I've not seen it for him. Fair, in fair comment. I'll, I'll, five games I'll give it to you. And knowing our luck... We'll have a stretch where Henderson gets injured, Milner's unavailable, and Naby's gone because the minutes overload's going to be there. So there's three problems in one. What about yeah. your depth? That's why I feel our depth. What about your depth there. up front? Fine. I'm okay with our depth up Fine. front because we've got our starting three, front three. We then still have Divock, who I'm more than happy to play minutes for. Shakiri looks gone. gone. I'm I not think, banking I think, on him. Oh, I think he's gone. Ha- and got Harvey, credit to him. Ha- Harvey Elliott. Harvey Elliott is the guy for me. And I think that's where no you gotta about. you gotta say, Paul, I know that you think midfield depth, but for me, it looks like Jurgen is very set on him playing in the middle three. And for me, if Jurgen yeah, if Jurgen Klopp goes and looks at Harvey Elliott and says, Mate, you're part of this midfield three, mm-hmm. then I'm happy to back my manager in there. 
He's seen I'm something happy for in him. him to play there, but then I still feel like we're then lacking up front but for, too. Yeah, but I feel like that's the player that makes me not feel like that we need to sign anyone. For me, as a Liverpool supporter, I'm probably an outlier. I look at it and go, if Jurgen thinks Harvey can play in the middle and Harvey can play in the final in the front three, I don't need a player to come in because I've got a player that can do both. I've got a player in Milner that can cover in the midfield three and at both fullbacks. I've got Naby Keita when fit, Fabinho when fit, Henderson when fit, Thiago when fit, um, Curtis Jones when fit. For me, that's enough midfielders to get you through a Premier League and a Champions League season. I look at my front three. Yes, Divock's still here. I, 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 I hear it and I see it, but I also think that the domestic cups no one cares about anymore, which is a sad thing because I love the FA Cup. No, I think but FA for Cup, me, yeah. the big thing, Dame, for me is I look at I look at Chelsea and Dom's listed the six players that didn't play. Man United, you look at the guys that didn't play. You look, look at, at City, us. the guys we, that are on the bench. We had guys that didn't play either. Yeah, I know, that but stature, though. Like they've got two teams, man, that they can play. We don't. I feel we've like, got a team got, and a yeah, half. I'll, I'll give you that. We've got a team and a half. We don't have two teams. But I also think that having two teams creates its own problem because then you've got to chop and change a bit too. But I'd rather have the two teams. I know what you're getting at, but for me, yeah. I know a lot of people panicking. I'm not. I, I look at that team and I go, as long as we stay fit, I actually think... It's all hypothetical. I, I, I'm not panicking. It's I'm saying in a worst-case scenario yeah. like last year. And I get year. that worst-case scenario, but I doubt you've got to cop that two years in a row. And if it did happen to us, we just hold ourselves unlucky. Unlike Arsenal, who have never strengthened in their life in the last five, six, seven years, and they've strengthened in the wrong areas, done the wrong managers, whatever. Our yeah. board's quite smart. They went out there and said, oh, all right, we've had an injury crisis at the back. Our, obviously, our back was a little bit injury-prone. Let's go put in a big name that can play against with Van Dijk. Yeah. And to be fair, I no, said I it on the last po- podcast in the draft, I don't think Konate starts every game. I actually don't even think is the second-best centre-back in the club. To. I actually think that it's always going to be no, Van Dijk. Always going to be Van Dijk and Gomez with Konate's third choice and Matip being fourth choice. Matip played in the and end as well. Ball. And that's a strong core. For me, I look at that midfield. If Harvey Elliott is a young kid that's good enough and he looked good enough against Norwich and he's looked good enough in pre season brilliant and he can play across the mid in the front three which means we can sell yeah. Shakiri. the only thing i'd say for us is could we get a bigger stronger number nine and then i'm looking for a guy that comes in and there's a bit more knows that he's going to be second choice to yachts slash bobby whoever plays in the nine but it's a bit of a secondary idea that's the only place yeah. i think i lack depth and for me that's in bolo I've always said I want him at Liverpool. Big, strong, physical man that's very quick and press, but he's also a big boy in the air that we can lob balls to when teams go and sit 10 men behind the ball, right? Yeah. It's the man I want. For me, if I'm a Liverpool supporter, and I know there's a lot of them panicking that we haven't bought anyone, for me, it's all about getting in a marquee signing in any area that isn't at the back, right? Just to say we sign a marquee signing that's got to impact the team in the starting eleven, or for me, we don't have to buy anyone but a backup striker. And I can handle having Divock again for another year. Yeah, I'd be. And, yeah. If we're getting someone up front, I want the. Well, this is the last thing I want to talk about before we actually talk about the game. But it needs to be someone that's versatile. That's got, I think that's going to be the key. And that's why I, I like him, Bolo, again. And I know we've never been linked with same. him, but he can play across the three. Yeah. And I know that no one has ever talked about Bolo to Liverpool, but what he does for yeah, Switzerland, ideal, what I've seen from him, is ideal. He fits the bill perfectly. Play on the right, play on the left, yeah, play exactly. the middle. Because the, the last thing is. Yes, we had midfield heavy lifting, but a lot of that was Genie, who's no longer with us. The defence should be well rested. Well rested. Um, obviously, we've got a lot of injuries there, but hopefully they've been managed. The minutes that the front three played last year is what worries me slightly because they had to do a lot of heavy lifting last year, that particular front three with Jota in and out. Yep. That's where I'm a little bit, yeah, I wouldn't mind one person to come. And that's why I think Harvey in that rotation would help. Yep. But I also think he's going to be in the midfield Mane rotation. I think Salah have done some heavy, some, yeah, he can be in the midfield rotation too to get more games, yep. no doubt. But I think 
those guys over the last three, four years have really ran themselves into the ground, and it wouldn't surprise me if we see some soft tissue stuff La- with those guys up front. Last thing on Liverpool transfers business, I really do think Liverpool had the money in the kitty for one big signing, and I just think that knowing that what's happened Didn't at materialize. PSG, what's happened at PSG at the minute hasn't materialized. I really think Liverpool were banking that PSG were going to shit the bed, thinking that Mbappe is going to leave on a free. And then Liverpool were just going to go in there and go, hey, we'll give you some money for him. And now knowing that Messi signed there, Donnarumma's gone there, you, you name it, everyone's gone there, right? When Adam's there, whatever. Liverpool probably have looked at that and go, we're probably not going to get him from as cheap as we like. And FSG run us in a way of a business and make ourselves sustainable. So yeah. they're not going to spend 200 It is a business though, at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's why I like yeah. the board. They're not going to say I'm going to sanction 200 mil for Mbappe knowing he has a year left on his deal. But if Mbappe and PSG, and they didn't sign who they've signed, and especially Messi now, Turned around and said, oh, we're going to lose him to free. And Liverpool turned around and said, hey, he's 80, 90 million for Mbappe, which is a steal. Yeah. You know, I think FSG is thought about it that way too. Because that's the only links you ever see is Liverpool link with Mbappe. And I do think there's a bit of that with FSG. They've gone, look, we think we need one key guy. It's probably in the front fee. It allows someone else to start and rest people, but it also means you've got four absolute nailed on starters. And that doesn't include Yota slash or Bobby, whichever one you don't want to put in there, right? Um, but it gives yeah. you free kings, which is Mbappe, Salah, and Mane, and I don't think all three fit together. One of them has to start on the bench, another, and then you leave Yotta or Bobby to play from the middle. Um, but, yeah, obviously what's happened to PSG is probably stopped Liverpool from doing that. And I like it. The board's turned around, and your cops probably turned around to the board as well and said, do we really need anyone? No. So... For me, I'm not panicking. Yeah, I like how they're not panicking and breaching. Yeah, exactly. And it's a anyway. different to what Arsenal's done. Arsenal have panicked and bought the wrong people. Look at them now. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's talk about anyway, the game. So let's talk about the game. On the game, not a heap to talk about. I feel like it was um, pretty pretty cruisy. Oh, it was we very played cruisy. Norwich two years ago in the first game and we won 4-0 at home. Yep. Um, I mean, you can see there's a class above. You know, like we didn't look challenged really at all. Allison, to be fair, made a monster triple save yeah it's, it's, it's a triple save but really it's about the first save and then the uh and then the, the second save is just it's just, the he's chaos. there and then it's chaos and literally the third save he could have caught it but he realized that um trent was just free so he just like volleyball palmed it off to him just like there you have it yeah made it look cool look made it look like he was superman right um and for me i think that was just sums up Allison A that he's one of the world's best because when the kind of cries of the best keepers in the world as keepers that when they don't have to do nothing but then out of moment bang they're called upon they do it right and he had no yeah. right to make a save there no right and keepers of Liverpool past would have conceded then and would have conceded the team over these one on one which Allison makes look standard but how many keepers you see they're set and then they go down to their right hand side knowing that it's going to go cross body and they get beat and then near stick. Alisson just sits, sets, yeah. stands up, bang, palms it off. We're not here to talk about Alisson. For me, it was A, watching how cruisy Van Dijk made that look. He didn't even look like he jogged. And the guy was just immense. And Salah on the opening day is next level. But there's one guy that doesn't get enough praise out of all this. Robertson goes injured. We haven't seen Simi at the cast play a lot, right? You know a bit more about him, Paul, than probably most people because of your Greek heritage. And you watch him play and you go, there's a fullback, a backup fullback for Liverpool that is very good at the level. And he wasn't yeah, even the most... Com- mixed reviews it wasn't, it, it wasn't the complete performance, but sure enough about him, sure enough about yeah, him to go, that is, he was going to be awesome. That's he only, The problem with... Yeah, The go. problem with Simikas is he hasn't had a run of games. Like, he came in and got injured. He got injured and then he got, injured, and then got, got Corona. He had COVID. Yeah, Corona yeah. injured and then didn't play because of both. Yeah. He played something so like five minutes, five minutes in the Premier League before this. 
I can't remember exactly, but he did. It's I, something I don't remember silly. Watching him. He played a little bit in the cups. Yeah, he played more cup minutes than he has Premier League. He couldn't get a run of games. So, for me, I mean, to come straight in off one preseason game and then start, it might take him one or two. And then I thought it was good. It's good rotation for Robertson. I think that's great. It's another one that we found that allows Milner to back up more right back than left back. We also got Nexo yeah. Williams there. Um, but yeah, I thought the performance God. was really, really, really good. Salah looked incredible. I don't know how I feel about Neko. Uh, same here. I don't <laughs> look. Neko for me is more of a football manager prospect than he is in real life. But yeah, yeah, um, I agree. But yeah, uh, I feel like that easy job done, and we move on but, to look, Burnley. Like, like Chelsea and, uh, professional. professional, yeah, just professional. We yeah. never looked, never looked in danger. There's probably maybe five minutes where that pookie one on one comes in that you know it's had a bit of the ball and you go, oh hello. But apart from that, yeah. Yeah, I'm very happy. Um, last question. Last question with Liverpool to work on. is: yeah. Are we genuine title contenders if we stay fit? Yes, absolutely. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. I think absolutely. it's a no-brainer. Yeah. I actually really, and it's not me trying to be biased. I really think that, that I know there's a lot of talk about Chelsea, what they've done and who they've strengthened, and there's a lot of talk about United and how a lot of people are putting Liverpool behind those two in terms of being the next towards City. City probably deserve to be favourites, but for me, in my mind, without it's trying to sound biased. You can't discount a team that's finished on ninety seven to ninety eight no, points. Honestly, I think it's a four way race, and you can't split. It's a four. It's a four way race, and I don't understand. Unsplit, the I don't think you can split City. them either. City, City look. Yeah, we'll touch on City now, but no, yeah. we'll touch on City later. But like, I, I don't think you can split, and there's not a lot about it. But there's a lot of people that reviewed the season saying that Liverpool have gone off the board because they haven't signed anyone. For me, I think that it's, it just shows how strong that we are. Yeah, let them let them think that we're done. That, that's when we're at our best. When people write this team off. They tend to to really perk up and they love having their backs against the wall. So I think we can fly under the radar. We know the game, and off we go, The thing is, there's four teams gunning for it, and I'd rather be in our shoes than you yeah. Know, the one, one with the spotlight off us. We've been in this dogfight before with City, and we've shown that we're capable of, of really grinding them into yeah. the ground. So if things do go our way, then more than capable for us to to go out there and do what we need to do against the big teams. And this year, that's where I think the league is going to be won. That's who can take points off, off of the contenders and I think we can. rather than who's going to stay consistent against the middle pack teams. Yeah, I agree with that totally. All right, next game. What are we up to now on the list? Do we touch City Spurs straight away? We've got two to go. Yeah, we'll go to City Spurs. That was this morning. Yeah. I Didn't watch haven't it. been yeah, able to see heaps of this, um, but it sounds like... I always sort of thought this, like, my thoughts were, if how good do Spurs actually look when Kane's not in the team versus when Kane's in the team? Because Son turns into this bloody beast. He, he, when he Kane doesn't play, to score goals. he's incredible because he knows he's the main man, and I feel like Son thrives on that. Son is absolute um, class. Yeah. And he just, yeah. you know, he drifts wide, or he picks it up in the central area, and he runs at people, or he can bounce off people, he can link other people into play, and then he can produce a moment he's of magic. Can, he's, he's a quality player, is human. He and is Greenwood. If I'm Mason Greenwood, I'm watching Hyun yeah. Min Sun and going, that's how I want to play. Yeah, exactly. Both I totally clinical. agree. He's the same prototype. Yeah, he, 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 and he's incredible. And look, good on Nuno, because... I don't think he's set up in a typical Spurs way. I like Nuno. A I've always liked Nuno. I think, I think Nuno is very, very smart as a manager. We beat City last year. I know it took Spurs a lot of time, and I know it's not the manager Spurs fans probably wanted, but it's probably the Spurs manager that they probably needed, to be fair. Someone that's going to be I a agree. little bit pessimistic at times, and someone that will play an expensive football at other times, and someone that just knows how to manage the game, be experienced. And I'm just going to link it out there that Nuno would have been an okay fit at Arsenal because he knows what he would have had to do. He would have been a great fit. He knows what he has to get it Nuno's done. He knows quality, how to build. Look what he did at Wolves. Absolute quality. Yeah, so yet again... He gets the best out of his players yeah. as well. Yeah, look, I thought 
uh, Lucas Moura looked lively again. Bergwin. I sort of questioned him in yeah, the last Bergwin podcast. Yeah, Bergwin looked good. And it just shows that... getting the assist. Paul made fun of me for drafting that. him. Ah, ha, 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 ha. That was funny. Yeah, I remember that. Um, it just shows that Harry Kane isn't the be and end of Spurs. There's a life after Harry Kane. Like I, I love that they were singing, are you watching Harry Kane? Him. Yeah. I love how they were watching, are you watching Harry Kane? Oh, oh they were singing. singing that. And I'm like... <laughs> It was. Harry Kane is banking on this move to City. And I think this one game cried out that City probably lacked the nine. And if that yeah. game doesn't push Meritorious City over the starting end, in the middle. Yeah, it's not the ideal. Shows. It's not ideal. Nah. So for me, I do think that's also down slightly to City have had a lack of fit players, a few injuries throughout the squad coming into match day one as well. And I think that's yeah. going to be one of the worst performances we're going to see from City this season. Um, you know, I think De Bruyne yeah. was a bit Just underdone. Yeah, it lacked a little bit of dynamism. when De Bruyne came on. Yeah, 100%. It, it gives them a little bit more. Um, I feel like City will obviously still be the team to beat. Um, I just, mm. I'm just glad they lost round one. But um, mm. I think they need to sign not, a nine. There's not one team that I can put a no. finger on and say they're the, the front runners. I think you've got to give City the mantle, though, because it's Manchester City. If City sign Kane, then 100%. Yeah, I think defensively there's going to be some issues there this year for City. I don't think it's going to be as resolute. Uh, um, I think Ruben Diaz isn't going to have the year he had last year. No, he got shown at the they Euros that he's Walker not. Walker back in that defence. Kyle Walker needs to be at right back so Cancelo can play left back. That, that is their best combination of full backs. Yeah. Because Ben Mendy's shit. He sucks. Sorry, but... Ben he gets Mendy, found out. As good as he is going forward, he's half his work. He's half as bad defensively. Yeah, he gets found he out. He sucks. And they had Ake. They had Ake on that side, and he was so exposed. Like it, it wasn't was, his fault, though. It wasn't his fault, kid. man. He's been thrown in the deep end with no cover, and it, yeah. it's not. And yeah, it wasn't the why best not city to performance. Start Zinchenko. Zinchenko's shown that he's capable. I like him on the ball. He's very good on the ball too, Zinchenko, because he can play centrally when yeah. you need him to as well. But um, Pep, yeah, some I feel Pep's, like some of Pep's rotation, you just think, what are you doing? Just play the best team. Yeah, we, we, we get it too, but that's the Pep roulette, isn't it? Like, he always does it. And every time we go, what are you doing, Pep? He gets a result. He didn't, obviously, against Spurs, but he gets a result doing something silly, and you go, oh, wow, here you go. And, and it makes sense, it makes at, sense the at the end. Or you see the game unfold, you go, oh, that's why he's done it. And we, we're not going to question Pep. He's uh, he's arguably the best manager in the world at the minute. I feel like if you're Thomas Tuchel, you'd probably go and say, hey. And if you're Klopp, you'd probably go, hang on a second as well. But um, those three are probably in a league of their own in terms of managers anyway. That's another discussion to be had. But um, I feel like if Pep can just keep his head, then City and City by a nine, City will be the team to beat. But if City go down this no nine route and they're not knowing who the nine is and Pep starts doing Pep things and rotating and then changing system and whatever, I think we'll unsettle them and it will unravel a little bit there and that will be the team having to make up the points coming into season. All right, one big game to go. This is one that Dom and I sort of half watched. I watched this. I got on sixty minutes. I got off stream and watched this in my room the full ninety minutes. One of the best games oh, of football we're going to see all year. Unbelievable. All year, yeah, I, I, and I know sixty minutes. I reckon. And I know it was match day one or week one. This is going to be half a shout come end of the season of game of the year. It was incredible. It had everything, didn't it? It did. It was Comebacks, goals, just, chances, yeah. bit of drama, penalty, penalty. Oh, so good. Penalty it miss. Was so good. It was just good to see Antonio. Like we're talking about durability. I think the, the theme of this podcast is durability, but. 
if he stays fit, he, gotta be he can do some real damage this he's year because be he just engages defenders all over the place. He's so direct, he's so fast, he's so strong. His finish, like three minutes after missing a penalty, a lot of strikers would have fluffed that. No. And he's just absolutely slapped it into the far corner going away from goal. Like, do, that's not easy. I do think it helps that the fact the rebound goes in, but yeah, 100% agree. It shows great mentality. Oh, yeah. But um, can I just say and, before we keep going... That was Woodman's first game for Newcastle, and I know he shipped four, yeah. but that is... And it's hard to say this and back a keeper up when they've shipped four. I don't think there's anything else he could have done. I thought he was outstanding in the Newcastle net. He's a yeah. Gareth Southgate's godson, for anyone who's wondering. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Gareth Southgate watched the game too, and I really do think that he has a bit of a future. Couldn't do boy. much for any of those guys. No, not at all. He done well to save the penalty. Yeah. yeah, it was great. This it wasn't a bad penalty. Yeah, yeah, but you know, yeah. Yeah, that's more on his defenders yeah. to be following up. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I it just do. sort of went to that forty-five. Yeah. You know, you want to try and hit that, you know, corner of the of the box. I think the, just so the first point of call as a keeper is to save the pen, and then the second one is where's the pen? Yeah, where and your player it. should yeah. be. Yeah, and you're banking on your player, to, you know, busting a gut to get there. Yeah, but look back to the game. The game had everything, like Saint Maxim's ball, Wilson's movement to get their front stick for the first one. He was, if he that's had, what Newcastle are going to do, oh god, Saint Maxim had players on skates. Mate, he how many times he did he, how many game, times mate. did he pick the ball up on the edge of the eighteen yard box defensively and he drive into the opposition half and no one could touch him? Like that's what he does best though. Oh. He's so agile. He can shift the ball both ways. He just creates problems. He really and he did it against us when we played. Did we drew? I think we drew with. Did we lose they drew, we drew last year? Did we drew? Yeah. They scored really late, I reckon. Yeah, they scored a really late did. goal against us at Anfield, but he ran the sh- he ran the show. He did. He was Willick incredible. Scored, that's what it was. And, he ran the show, and that's what you get with him every game. Again, it's a durability thing. We've seen St. Maximum so many times play four, five, six games, and then he's out for three yeah, weeks. Yeah, that's and then the he problem comes with him. In, and then he's out for two for weeks. For me, so for me, keep him fit. There's two things about him. A, firstly, you want to know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of when Hatton Ben Arthur used to run. Oh, that guy was wild, and no one could <laughs> touch him. He's going to score a goal very similar to the goal he scored to win goal of the year back years ago, right? He's gonna pick the ball up and yeah, he's gonna pick the ball up in like his own eighteen yard box and beat five or six guys and finish. There's gonna be a day yeah. where it's gonna happen. Secondly, and this one's a bit more to you, Paul, is if we do need someone across the front three at Liverpool, and I know he gets injured a bit, but I feel like if he understood that he was a rotation part at Liverpool, he would fit the bill. Oh, hundred percent. I would. That's the kind of play. If I was FSG and I know that that Mbappe idea is probably gone now, that the fact that Messi is uh, joined and look, Mbappe may still choose to leave at the end of the year, but he probably won't leave this year because he wants to play there. I would be going yeah. and turning around and saying, "Wouldn't you mind a punt on this guy?" And I would how love much? It. And it'd just be a question oh. of how much because I wouldn't want to overspend on him either. Yeah, but Newcastle are inclined um, selling so, players. Imagine they don't want to hold. Imagine, imagine giving him thirty minutes every week uh, at the end of the he game. would run people off their. Beat. And I think he'd be better in that role too because he's so fast and direct. And you start him, and you start him like in he, games like Norwich anyway as well. When you need yeah, a rotate. But I think in big games or in any game, if you can get half an hour of his quality when fresh against tired defenders, he would just run. Oh, he would be incredible, I think. Um, My big takeaway was West Ham's mentality in this game. I, I think I said incredible. it for Dom at 2 1. And I thought this has the chance for the wheels to come off here because we've seen it with West Ham in the past where they have a good year and then they fall off and then they have another good year and then they fall off. And I thought, ooh, how's the mentality here? And the fact that they were able to really just recompose, 
Um, and I felt like that's when Banarama really got involved in the game. It was when they were 2-1 down. They started looking for him. He started drifting out yeah. wide to pick the ball up. He just ran the show. <laughs> Bowen looked really he, good, he and I thought he was Made some, unlucky. I think he's a very intelligent player, Bowen, because he knows when to cut in, he knows when to stay wide, he knows when to present at feet, and he knows when to get beyond. Yeah. Banarama looked he's very really smart good like that. Peg too. But Banarama one thing I will really say about... Yeah, oh, I agree. Benarama for me showed me what you're going to get throughout the season. He's first half very quiet. Didn't see him, right? But he has that ability that when he gets into a game, he's going to pick you apart. That was his ball for him. Oh, so good. You could just saw, if you so just watched so him off screen. As soon as he, he could, we could see yeah. if you could see the break coming, he was on his bike. Yeah, and that's how they're going to play. He's, he's, one, play of those, like he's one of those. He's one of those players. Killer to watch. You got to carry him a little bit in your system because of. Uh, you know, I feel like he's a work little rate. bit lazy in terms of his work rate, but as a 10 on the ball and him understanding when he needs to move and get on his bike and when he needs to sit in the hole and pick a pass or just keep it, incredible. And I do think there's a real player there for West Ham. When you've got Rice and Suchek, you can't carry Banarama. And Suchek loves getting bombing like on passing either. He's, he, like, look yeah. at their first goal, which in the end, lucky no one touches it. Um, so, credit, yeah. so it counts. And credit to VAR, VAR I reckon would have ruled that out last year. Bar a lot better this year. Bar already a lot better this year. This year, um, but uh, the only thing that you know, the only decision I think Bar got wrong this whole week was Burnley's first goal stood, and I like to see that being overturned for a foul on the box. A foul, yeah. yeah like, I agree. like I understand why they haven't, and they said there was a lot of like nitpicking fouls like that last season. But when a guy literally puts two hands and like bulldozes the guy over, I think you could say that about like, Arsenal's yeah, uh, Brentford's second goal with a long throw. They were kind of all over Leno. Yeah, so that one should be a foul too on Leno. But they, 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 if, yeah. I prefer be always a better for the doubt to go to the attacker. They've said they're going to give the advantage. That's what they've said this year. They said they're going to give the advantage to the attacking team if it's in doubts, which I like. Because end of the day, the Premier League needs goals. It's yeah, it product. does. Yeah, you're going to sell your product by having goals and it being entertaining. So I really like it. They, as long as they take that United front and they say, all right, whenever there's those 50-50 calls, it's advantage to the attacker. Yeah, so 100%. That's going to be ideal. Oh, my last takeaway from the game it was it was so nice to see Newcastle playing expansive football because for so long especially under Steve Bruce they've been such a pragmatic side that rely on the one-two bounce of Callum Wilson and say maximum because they're just so resolute defensively so it was actually nice to see them try and, and play I just hope they play like football. that for the whole year they won't but in games where they think they're in it, it'll be nice to watch them at least because they'll try. I thought Matt Ritchie looked all right at left back too. Great ball for Good from corners as well, yeah. Good, good yeah. from corners. It's always a good delivery. Yeah. So I think for those few games, we covered six of the ten games there. So let us know in the Discord uh, what your thoughts were on those games or either if anything else stood out to you. One little moment that I mentioned to Dom last night and this leads into our fantasy discussion was I almost jumped off my couch on Saturday night when I saw on uh, Goal Rush Richarlison bombing down the right wing and swinging a ball into a diving Calvert-Lewin because they're yep. two of my three fantasy strikers. So that was his points galore for me in classic. But I think for the three of us this week, um, I'm just looking at the league, the big league that we're in. So we've got our stadium head-to-head league. Yep. All three of us picked up wins, I believe. Yeah. So I've got Dom beat Rods by no, nine I, points. I lost. I beat Berger and Damo. No, in the Classic League, our Classic League, you won, Damo. You played Russo and you smashed Oh, him. yeah, yeah. Now, normally not our draft. Yeah, yeah, I played Russo and I smashed Yeah, him. not the draft. Yep. So in the Classic League, Damo got a win. We were all in the 90, uh, just under 90, I think. I think Dom, did you, you were 89, didn't you? Oh, no, I got no, 99. No, 98. 99, 99, 98, Dom got. 
Oh, sorry, I got 98, sorry. Um, we all just missed 100. Yeah, I got, I got the lowest out of the three with 93. But uh, for me and Dom, yeah. we're in a quite a few paid fantasy leagues. We're actually battling each other in a few yeah. of these leagues, aren't we, Dom? We're in one all together as yeah, well. Yeah, and we are all in one big and one. We're the, oh, and we are three of the top five yeah. in the one we're in together. Yeah. And Dom only got beaten by a point this week, and I got beaten by two points. So it's quite tight. It's very tight. I'm five I, behind yeah, me. I know. It's very tight. I also, on a touch on fantasy in the classic sense, not the draft, a lot of points for a lot of teams this week. Um, as long as you had Salah and Bruno, Bruno you Bruce. had a good week. Suicide not to have him. Yeah, look, the, I, I had Bruno. And you almost did it. I almost like. did it, but <laughs> that worry of when a guy has like 50, 55% ownership on fantasy, you just got to take it. You want to point and a in the end, player, though. There are uh, some out there. There is. There is. And I did want Son, and Son would have got me points, but that still would have been suicidal not to have Bruno. Um, but like, yeah. like in the end, my punt paid off. I, I, even though he was on my bench, Adam Armstrong, and once I knew he signed, I got him into fun Bruno instead of having Ivan Tony and made a couple more switches like Simicast came into my team as well to get that in um, talk well. about the draft no brain as well let's talk but, about um, the draft yeah, league look, the draft league was interesting <laughs> I'm just going to start right now with Sam well played Sam's a man United supporter took Bruno pick one he took Pogba with I think his next pick or the pick after and uh, when I saw that Pogba got four assists and Bruno got a hat got the highest in the, fan, in the draft league Oh yeah, you did. I was just like, yeah, great. <laughs> no, I still had a decent. I did. I'm being an idiot. No, being Dom did. Did he? Did did you? Did you? Dom did. Seventy two. Yeah, Dom did by a while, by quite a bit. What is? What did Dom finished on seventy six points. What? Sam finished on sixty two. Yeah. Um, and then we've got who's the other? Oh, Fano, because we've got two Doms in the league. It's yeah, a bit annoying. So Fano got fifty six. Then Ozan thirty nine. Me thirty seven. I got fifty. Thirty four. I got fifty. And you got fifty and I lost. I got fifty so and lost. <laughs> That's pretty brutal. Um, my team got saved by Panorama. I had a lot of, like, almost games. So I had Ivan Tony and Bamford. Obviously, we've spoken about them already and the, the struggles they had. I had Concer. I mean, Trufau robbed of an assist oh, from Antonio. 100%. That stupid header 100%. from the six-yard line. That was a bit annoying. Mane, I had the one Liverpool guy that didn't score points. Zaha looked dead against Chelsea, but I knew... Yeah, but they all looked dead. I didn't get much from him. Trossard came off and looked good, but came off in the 55th minute or so. And I had Ailing as my third sub, so I was I was just out of the points. I finished on 37, but still got the win. Thank you, Russo, for donating me a win this week. Um, Could donate to me anytime, Russo. Decimated by unavailable players. Give me a win anytime, mate. Anytime. Yeah, so I think fantasy-wise, Classic in particular, we're really in good positions. I feel like nice. it was very hard to have a poor week in Classic because like, any of the strikers in the price range, if you had Bruno and Salah, scored points apart from Ivan Pony. Any- I got lucky that on Friday night, whilst once I got off stream, so Dom and I we were in chat for a little bit, just us two, yeah. and I actually changed my striker strategy Friday night and I backed Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison. And I kept Ivan Tony, but I can't even remember who I got rid of now. Like I, I think I had Kings Bamford and, and no, I had yeah, Bamford. I reckon team. I had Bamford and someone else. I can't remember who the third striker was, and I thought, nah, going with the Everton guys because I looked at their fixtures. Yeah, fixtures are good. Like, yeah, I got Cavalloon in my draft. Fixtures. Only thing that worries me is Rafa's is going to be very defensive there. I think those two up front are going to be like almost the Gerard Torres combination of 0-8-9 and they're it's going to be the guys that are going to score the goals. Inter- Someone has to put it in the back of the net. By the way, interesting reception for him before the whistle. They were booing him. Yeah, I know. And I like... Uh, I don't like it. Do you expect it. anything different? Though? I don't like it, but yeah. Look, for it. me, for me, if you're an Everton fan, you've got to understand, the guy lives in Merseyside. He breeds 
He, like, he breathes yeah. for the air. And he's going to be of committed. He's not going to do and a half ass. He job. wants to be managing in the city. Just so happens to be that the other club that in the city that he could manage at is Liverpool, and they have Klopp, and they're the best, one of the best teams in the world. So for Everton, you should yeah. be thankful you've got a manager of such quality. Like, ask every Newcastle fan; they would have killed to still have Rafa in charge. They would have killed. Hundred percent. Yeah. So 100%. I'm hoping for Rafa's sake he wins them over, and I think they will. And he's I think winning games to win them over, mate. Mate, I think Everton fans will realise how good he is, A, and I think they dig down they know, and B, they'll long forget. They won't long forget what he did at Liverpool. You've got to remember, though, like that rivalry there between Liverpool and Everton isn't as brutal as others. It's a, yeah, it's a friendly rivalry, you know. They've been brought together by Hiddlesbrough, and, you know, Rafa donates to that, you know, organisational foundation, like, every year. He attends every memorial. He, he lives part of the city. He walks around the city. He's a... And I feel like Everton fans are getting bored with that. And I think when he gets to Anfield... If the results come, they'll forget. And I really do think when he gets to Anfield, we won't bully him either. We would probably applaud him. So, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just, it's good for him. Yeah, I agree. Alrighty. So, we've got some interesting Can questions. Can we start with and... one that I'm highlighting, please? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where I was going to start. So, we've got our first question from Russo. Um, is where do Arsenal go from here? And this is where the other question of the bit of banter comes because Russell and JS were sort of arguing. I don't know what the legitimacy of this argument was, but they were arguing who gets relegated first. And Russell, I'm sorry to say this, mate, but you're just fighting a losing battle here. If you have any world where you think Arsenal don't get relegated, I'm not saying Arsenal will get relegated. Arsenal will never get relegated, obviously. Form, no. On current form, if I had to say who's going to get, who could get relegated first, Arsenal or West Ham it is Arsenal every single day of the week this year next year 2023 all the way up to 2030 unless big changes happen at Arsenal exactly and and I don't know if that's going to happen because the only way change will happen is if they are threatened by relegation which they were last year and everyone forgets that so but, uh, for me yeah. where do Arsenal go from here is they need to clean out from literally top to bottom from Stan Kroenke to Mikel Arteta and everyone in between they need Daniel Ek to just pull out the checkbook and say what's the price they do what do you reckon we, stopped, we just didn't hear about that it fell through uh, Daniel Ek yeah, it fell through because the Kroenke like the Kroenke's have no need I would to just sell. Say they're probably making millions hundreds of millions from that club I wouldn't sell they're literally taking the money out of Arsenal and putting it into the LA Rams. That's what they're doing. Kroenke is the owner of the LA Rams, the Colorado Rapids as well, I think. Whoever the MLS team is in Colorado, yeah, Colorado he owns them too. Yeah. So he, Arsenal for him is just funding his other projects. That's why there's no money. He's built a multi-million dollar stadium in LA. They made the Super Bowl two years ago. That's his priority. His priority is his American teams. Arsenal is just a little side investment that he's got. So he treats them like his little bitch yep. where he can just use it as a tax write-off to borrow against the club as equity. And as long as they're in the Premier yeah, League, there's money. no need for him to make a change. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah. I wouldn't sell either. So, uh, nah, d- no Dom, what do you reckon? I wouldn't sell either. I wouldn't sell. But who do you think is closer to relegation? On current form, obviously Arsenal, but Arsenal are a bigger club. But I think things really need to change at Arsenal for that, for me to change my mind on that. But I think Arsenal... And yeah. it's, it's, bigger than, it, yeah. it's bigger than a manager problem. Oh, I know. It, it's I know so much mean, yeah. bigger than a manager problem, and that's what people aren't understanding. It's 
until there's change of ownership. Like we said, it's the next, sad. The next, they're not going to go get, you know, 100% it's sad because end of the day, it, it was funny. It's for not the funny first anymore. three years of this. It's not, it's sad. It's, it, it's so sad that a giant of An the invincible. league is in this, well, yeah, they've got the only team with a gold trophy that are in this position and it's not, it's nothing to do with the players, it's nothing to do with the management. Yes, they can, they contribute because the owner doesn't put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. End of the day, the owner, Stan Kroenke's not there on the training pitch telling Ben White to be a shit defender. It it comes down to you need a manager that is capable of getting the best out of his players. Jurgen Klopp came into Liverpool after we'd had that one crack at winning the league and then we were starting to descend again. Like everyone forgets, Brendan Rodgers was not doing well. No, not at all. That next year. So we could have gone down that path if the previous owners were stubborn and thought, no, nah, we're not going to change anything because of X, Y, and Z because the team had success winning Champions League. It's true. But that's where the owner needs to step in and say, All right, we're going to get someone that's going to challenge us to be better. But the difference is Arsenal the won't owners happen. need to care. It won't happen. At- the owners don't care. They don't absolutely do not care. Happen. And it won't happen. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you exactly where they're going from here, Russo. You're playing snakes and ladders and all the board is filled with snakes, mate. I am predicting you and I'm off my chair and I'm not sitting on the fence. I'm predicting you to finish outside the top 10 this season. That's my first Yeah. Aim. Secondly, if yep. somehow Arteta does not get the sack after finishing outside the top 10 or they do not get a manager of experience to come in and sort it out or do not make the investment, I'm telling you right now, Russo, and I would lay a bet with you right now, 2023 Arsenal are in the championship. Oh, no, okay, that's a bit ridiculous, I think. Don't, I'm telling you that they are on the cast of shooting that football club in its head. And it's going to be ridiculous. a very, very it's going to be a very, very similar fall to Leeds United. A lot of people said that about Leeds that they were going to turn it around. The money dried up. The owners left them with nowhere to go. The owners then pulled the pin. Next minute they had no quality. Got relegated to the Championship. Next minute they were in League One. Next minute they were in League Two. It took them this long to get back. Do I think that that descend could happen at Arsenal? Yes. Do I think it will happen to that magnitude? No. But I really do think the Cronkies don't care, and I really think the Cronkies see the ship is. The, the ship is falling that much. They'll just pull the pin with no funding, no nothing in the club. And that season that it happens, I think it could be the next year or two, they get relegated. And then, great. What what do they do from there? Massive rebuild. I think I'll say Arteta sacks this season and they'll finish 8th to 11th. I think they'll finish 12th or 13th. Yeah, that's I think sort of the, really the likely out. outcome, isn't it, really? It's whether the board have the bullies to pull the trigger. Because how long does the contract? Because they have to pay that out. They obviously don't want to pay now. Yeah, I mean, well, he's only been there for 18 months, man. It was like, a five-year deal, wasn't it? He might have got a three-year deal. No, I, I wouldn't have got five. He would have got three. I think, think, yeah, but I think he would have got three. But again, that's more money. So we're talking about an owner that doesn't put money in. It would definitely wouldn't surprise me if they try to see him into the last year of his contract. For Summer of 2023. He's got two more seasons. Oh my so God. Was it, wasn't it a five-year deal then? <laughs> That's probably like 20, 30 million to pay him out. Must have been a four-year deal. Four year no, deal. he was an interim that. manager at the start. It's probably a three-year deal. No, it wasn't. Was he? No, he came in straight he away. Appoint- he was appointed. No, he came in. He came from City. Okay. He was appointed to be manager from Lundberg City. Lundberg was the interim. Yeah, yeah. must have been a three-year deal. Lundberg. Three and a half. Yeah, which is what yeah. I said. Well... No, it would have been yeah for four seasons, three yeah, and a half yeah, yeah. years because he came in halfway through. Still a bit um, of money for them to pay out. I, I, I'm sorry, Russell, but I really do see a Leeds-esque fall off of Arsenal if they're not careful. I actually feel sorry for Arsenal fans now. It I was do funny, too. And now it's not funny. 
it's sad that we're talking about them being potentially needing like they had to turn it around massively and Smith Rowe was the real driver to that and Saka you cannot rely on those but kids they'll just leave the senior oh, players I've got a question I've got a question to run off this oh, I'd be long gone Dom I would be too what would I stay oh, I'd be no, too I but I've got to you've got to stay like at least one, more, one or two more years they're only like in their teenagers early 20s so but I think if things don't change they're gone in a year or two Saka I've got a, got a question to run off this I've got a question to Saka run off could this, be generational though. yeah all right, so you know how Liverpool went through the injury crisis last season, Paul, right? And you know how we're talking about depth and not good enough depth, and you're saying that Liverpool, you want Liverpool to sign because of the depth, right? Yeah. If Arsenal went through an injury crisis this season, oh my God, how low could they fall? No. Relegation. That's, that's, that's scary, is it not? Yeah, because their quality's not There's there. The they no need quality. their starting 11 fit. They need the starting 11 fit. The fact that they loaned out Saliba just telling me the whole story. Yeah, they spend thirty-five million on a young, promising centre back, where for his partner is dominated at Leicester, and he can't get a look in. You know, you got Mateo Guendouzi. Yes, he's a bit of a brat, but he's nineteen. Oh, there's no one at that oh, club that can put an arm around him. Yeah, and there's not one person in that whole club that's got any bone of leadership that could say, "Hey, mate, pull your head in, otherwise your career's." Imagine gone. that back he's in the. Watch him. He'll play at Marseille this year with Saliba together, and they're going to dominate. Watch them dominate in League One, and it be the absolute piss take that they can't play at Arsenal. Imagine um, back in their invincible days, what Vieira would have done. The player was acting out like that. Exactly. He would have him. Yeah, hundred percent agree. There's no one in that team with a spine like Aubameyang for his. Quality as he's been as a striker is not a vocal leader. Lacazette is probably the closest thing they've got to it. He's in shit form. Like, there's this... You look through the lines. Who is the person? Granite Xhaka is not a leader. You know what I mean? Well, like, there's just, Switzerland, he is. There's no... Oh, yeah, well, he's just... But Two he's inconsistent, players, yeah. and he just makes dumb decisions. Like, there's no one... There's not a Jordan Henderson. Nah, he's not. You know, there's not that one person that a, a young player could go to... For it's hard to go sign like, one now off. because, like, look at Chelsea. We didn't really have a leader. We can't. We went and got Thiago Silva. Yeah. And, and they're hard to find. Yeah. And you almost have to foster them from And they here, only want to come. Like, they're not going to come when they can see no, like, no reason to come. Well, David Luiz was the guy, yeah. wasn't he, really? Yeah. And as, as much as we make fun like of him, he was a leader. kept him for another year. As much as we make fun of him, he's a yeah. leader. He's... Yeah, and he's the kind of guy. Socrates is a leader as well. You know, like, I know they're not amazing players, mm. but they're still good to have around the club. So, I don't I know. Think, I just feel like yeah, and I think, that's yeah. part of the problem. The, the culture and the identity is not there. And I think, like, when you, Liverpool were going through those bad times, and like, I used to banter you. It was funny. And then you became good. Like, now Arsenal, it's past that. It's not even... It's yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, but we are Gerard. Yeah, no, I mean, like, you were, like... Through that period. Like, real bad years when you're doing... Real, real bad and yeah when we had bloody downing on one yeah. wing and Jay Spearing in the middle and Flanagan at right back but we <laughs> had leaders in that team though we had Agger and Skirtle we had Pepe Reina we had Gerrard we still had leaders we just didn't have the, the quality I think Arsenal's got the other op- the other issue they've got the quality but they've got no one to gel it together and I think that's a harder that's a harder thing to yeah, overcome they do have I think you can, you can sign quality yeah. But they, you can't sign character, and that's the thing. No one with character is coming to that team. You look at their signings: Ben White, young centre back; Tavares, young left back. Like this, young they don't have, but, and they probably will go, yeah, could go on to be yeah. good players. I like yeah, the look of Lukonga. Like the look of Tavares. I'm sure Ben White. I think Ben White's serviceable. I think it's quality yeah. too, but they don't have the guy that, when the going gets tough, who do you look to in that team? 
I think it was Aubameyang. I think it was Aubameyang. But he's Pat, not. He's not yeah. a. I'm gonna drag you. He mm. just give me the ball and I'll go do it. Like he's not driving the tempo. You know, let's don't. I think Thomas Party's probably that guy, but he's not on the pitch long enough. And that's the key. I think Torreira was that mm. player too. To be honest, he used to give him a spark, and he just fell out of nowhere. Like he obviously got homesick, but he didn't go back to Italy. He went to Spain. So I don't know how much of that I believe. But anyway, it, enough of us. Enough of us. Bashed him enough. All right, we'll go back to our first question. So from JS, this is one where I don't really want to rush it. Damo, do you want to talk through this one actually? Because you've actually prepared yourself pretty well for this I one. I have a predictor on a website through BBC that we can predict one. And you know how we did like the Euros, we did our own? I feel like we yeah. could spend five minutes here and just predict our own table. Oh, it's hard and to predict put one table. together, but it's hard. Um, I feel like that we're probably going to differ probably top four. We might differ relegation. So we could either go about this a couple of ways. Maybe let's predict where we think the top four will look like, maybe the top six and maybe the relegation battle. There's still so many things that could happen, like the City sign Kane, that changes everything. Yeah, and I I feel like we can give a prediction of who will be in the four and who will be in the six. The four is easy to pick. Yeah, it's just the order, I guess. Yeah, I, I feel like, JS, we can say that for after the window is over. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having a bit of when time. When the window is over, that link this. that I put in the run sheet pool, I actually want to sit down and do a podcast and actually go through that. But I am going to go... We could spend an hour on this. I am going to go <laughs> the early crow. If Liverpool stay... F- I'm going to bowl if, it. If Liverpool stay fit, Liverpool win the Premier League this season. And I will tell you why. For one reason... In the it, next episode. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> they know how to take points off the bigger clubs. And I think yeah, they And I, I think this that's year is going to come a lot down to who can take the points of most of the bigger clubs. I feel like Liverpool was the team that's most equipped to take points of everybody. Yeah, I agree. That's not me trying to be biased either. That four, you could put it in ab- an absolutely any order. Uh, absolutely order. any order. And I really do think if City don't sign Kane, they could be in big trouble. Yeah. Let's focus on the second half of that question. So... Who would be your PFA player oh, of the geez. year, boys? This one year. depends on who's, who wins the league. Yeah. I just think the safe bet here is probably Sullivan for what he does for Liverpool and knows he's going to be the main man there. But for me, this could come yeah. down to Kevin De Bruyne and City have a good year. Could even be Jack Grealish Bruno. as well. Bruno, if United win yeah, the league. Bruno. Pogba, if he keeps this form up. I know it's going to be one game, but imagine if Pogba plays this level for the whole season. Yeah. Um, and then you can't rule out a defender in there either. If Liverpool win the league and keep the most clean sheets in the season, you're probably looking at Van Dijk again. Um, and then you're probably conversely looking at the same stage. If all of a sudden United don't concede goals, you might have to rule in like Luke Shaw with the assist and everything that he gets, or a Maguire. It's very hard to pick. Yeah, it's just really early. Isn't very it? early on. I'm going to go the early bird and say that I think Salah will win it only because he probably has yeah, the most quality or the most. He's the most set in stone that's always going to play. He's the one main man, isn't he, but, in a big yeah, team? Yeah, but I'm not saying that to be biased. I'm just saying that that would be the easiest pick right now. But yet again, I feel like give me the window, give me the end of the window, give me the podcast where we lead into the games after the international break. We have a much better idea. Yeah, and that's the same thing for goals and assists. So I might just throw out a, a bit of an interesting one for assists. So I think don't discount Mason Mount. I wouldn't either. Corners on either he took both sets of corners. Mm. I think yeah, he did in the Palace game, and he took all the left-sided free kicks. Wouldn't. So 
Definitely don't be surprised if you see Mason Mount racking up assists. I think, this Ma I think as well. Mason Mount's a very good shout, and I really do think that you need to be looking at people that take dead balls for this as well. I think it's Mason Mount. I think then in that regard, you're probably looking at maybe Bruno because he takes a bit of the dead ball for United. Um, and then again, and looks good down that right. And then side. again, Paul, if they're going to use Pogba in that way, I do believe Luke is going to get a ton of assists as well. Yeah, so there's going to be so many options. You can do them about Trent as well over dead balls as well, like any open play. In corners, so I feel like it's just too early. It, it's a bit early again. I on. feel like I, I will go the early bird for you, JS. Prediction for the Premier League that I'm not going to give you one, but I'm going to give you that Liverpool win the league. Um, I'm going to give you the best overall player is going to be Salah. The most goals this season yet again, I think it's going to be Salah. But I will say this: if Kane goes to City, Kane wins that easy. Um, and most assists this season, I'm going to give you Mason Mount. I don't mind most of those shouts, to be perfectly honest, but it's just hard to predict. It could be injuries and things yeah, exactly. It's hard. Crop up and then it but I guess, it, so. I guess that's the beauty of predicting it and seeing how wrong or right you are. I just, I feel like predicting this, not like midway through the season. But I feel like predicting this after that international break. You know the chances are that big question mark over Harry Kane. The Liverpool actually yeah. signed somebody. Um, you know that you know there's a few other deals being done. You never know. There might be a deal or two that happen at West Ham or a Villa or whatever, and then all of a sudden you go, oh hello, right? So yeah. yeah. That's fair. I've got a question to add on to that, though. Yep. Signing of the season so far? It's been one game. No, no, no. Just in general, who do you think is oh, going to have the big set back? Oh, um, gee. That's another one where I'd like to have actually like have all the signings. I think this, me, I think so this I is going to be easy. Um, I think that's an easy decision. I think the fact that no one even knew that Danny Ings was moving to Villa and Villa got that done easy. If Villa have half a decent year, Ings is going to score goals, and I think Ings would be signing of the year. I think um, I don't want to be biased, but though, Chelsea well. needed a striker, and they went out and got one. Yeah, if Lukaku yeah. goes bang, I would agree with that too. Yeah, I'd back Lukaku to go bang over Danny Ings to go bang. I wouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't say it's Danny Ings going bang. It's more that if Villa finishes in Europe this season and Danny Ings has scored goals, that would be signing of the year. I think it's just going to hurt Ollie Watkins though. That's another. It thing. depends. It's like him playing on the left at Brentford though. He could thrive like that. It's the same with Timo Werner. It just looks so left. good through the middle, though. Yeah, I, I get it. I, it just looks so I good actually think Villa will, It's not like Watkins look bad. I think Villa will eventually go 4 4 2, and I actually think that suits them a bit better with this squad they have now. And then Buendia can play off the right like he did at night. Yeah, and too. I think that that would look terrifying. Yeah, I agree. All right. Speaking about Lukaku, um, will Lukaku's, this is from Dim, will Lukaku's return to Chelsea for City to panic by Kane to keep them competitive? And then the second part of the question is. If they do sign him, so City breaking the record of the most expensive lineup. It's the record they had previously held in terms anyway. Of transfer fees. Yep. How long would the owners stick with Pep if he's not successful this year? I think I they just, just think want one thing. Ever get they want Pep. one thing and one thing only. Yeah, they're focusing on Champions. Yeah, hundred percent. And to be fair, I'm going to put they it won out. Three of the last four leagues. I'll, if they have one bad year in the league, who cares? I put it out there. I think if Pep wins the Champions League, he would he resigns. Yeah, I'll see that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I, I think they need to go in a probably new direction. So. Yeah, and I think that the question to me, Dim, is that they would not stick by. For me, for Pep to get sacked, he has to finish like fifth or sixth, and I don't think that City squad's ever going to finish fifth or sixth, right? Yeah. Um, when I when I'm saying that they're going to be in trouble, I mean they're going to finish fourth and fourth by a mile, right? Um, I don't think that's going to happen if they sign Kane. Do I think that they're going to panic buy to buy Kane? It's not a panic buy because I think they've been looking at Kane for a long time. I just think they make some pull the trigger that little bit quicker. 
I feel like there's been a lot of negotiations in terms of price or whatever, and I think City will just go, okay, whatever the price is, yeah. For me, their worry is FFP. Yeah, but for them, they don't care it about takes it. like a couple of years. It takes a couple of years for FFP to actually kick in. So they're saying like all this PSG stuff, it will take three years to sanction them. So if it, same thing for City. I know they've had one warning already, but That's, if it's going to take them two years to get sanctioned, you probably run that risk. For me, because you get you get that team on paper. If they're not winning it in two years, then they're probably deserving of him leaving anyway. Yeah, for me, Dim, your question. I know it's about Chelsea signing Lukaku. I think the more panic buying decaying thing for City was the fact that Messi went to PSG. And it just shows you where Pep and I think City are kind of leading towards. It's all about the Champions League. So the fact that Messi signed, P- signed by PSG and the window PSG had, I think City have gone out there and go, okay, we need Grealish, we need Kane if we're going to win it. Yeah, and they identified them early. Yeah. So it's not like that's just that's, happened. That's see, they do that. They identify what they need and they go and do it. Yeah, and they go and do it. And yeah. they're, they're, that piece of business, as much as huge amount of money and we may just turn an eye at it, I do think that it's a quality way to do business, though. Yeah, I agree. Don't muck around. Get the job done. So, lads, any last comments we want to add in before we wrap up this episode of the podcast? Yes, moment of the season will be Ben Foster's GoPro breaking in the net after he concedes a goal in the Premier League. He doesn't League. even play. The best, the best to watch. Oh, no, he'll play some minutes this season. Don't worry. All right, I'll hold you to that. Back, Backman's a good keeper, oh, but he won't play every game. He gets injured. We'll see. I do want to see Benny Foster play. That would just be funny, just for content. Oh, the GoPro and the goal, I'm putting it out there. If there is a bet, <laughs> so if there is a bet somewhere that I could have with any agency that goal, the GoPro gets broken in the Premier League, I would love to put one down. All righty. I reckon on that note, <laughs> we'll probably leave it there, fellas. So thank you once again for joining me for the podcast as always, Dom and Damo. Thank We've you. Got a Paul. very, very enjoyable season oh, yeah. ahead of us. Another thirty-seven match weeks. Long may it plenty last. of plenty of fantasy talk and just general Premier League chit chat. There's a lot of other big results that have come through the other leagues, but we'll leave them for probably a few weeks. I want to see how sort of the other major leagues play out, um, especially Bundesliga and whatnot. Yeah, because exactly. I think, did Bayern Munich have a shock result? Did nah, I see? They um, drew with Munich and Gladbach. They, Which is, Gladbach they're yeah, good sides, so. so. But Bayern win yeah, the league by about 10 points. Depends on what yeah, Dortmund anyway. do, but yeah, 100%. They did have a good win. They won 5 1, I think, Dortmund. But anyway, from episode 21, boys, you want to say your boys will start with Dom tonight. Thanks for Thank having me. Look forward to a great season. Thank you, resident guest and fantasy Premier League expert. Dom, Damo, Look. say goodbye to the listeners. Thank you, guys. Good luck in your fantasy for week number two and to everyone playing along. I will also mention if you aren't in the Classic League, you can join at any time as long as you made your team from Team 1. That will be in the Discord. The link to the Discord will be in the description of the podcast. Go check that one out. And from Damo, may it long live the Premier League because it is the best time of year when the Premier League is on. And I'll see you next pod. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Damo, from myself. Thank you to all our amazing listeners for continuing the journey with us. Episode 21 has been completed. We are up and about for the new season of the Premier League, and we'll see you next week for episode 22 of the PD Sports Podcast. Podcast.